Hello listeners, Kilobyte here. Just wanted to let you know that there was a little bit of static interference in today's episode. I think Brainstorm was testing some of his equipment and it caused some issues here on Cybertron. But we hope you enjoy this episode, and if you do, feel free to subscribe and ring that bell. Now, onwards with the show. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I am Kilobyte with my co-host here. Hiya, I'm Onyx. In today's episode, we have a very special guest called Tiana Camacho, the voice of Frenzy in Transformers Earthspark. Thank you so hey much guys. for joining us. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm very honored to be here. This is going to be great, guys. Oh, we're excited. <laughs> well, shall we, shall we get started with the questions? Sure. So let's start off with uh, you telling us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, my name is Tiana Camacho. I'm a full-time professional voice actor based in Los Angeles. I do a little bit of everything. I do commercials. I do video games. I do everything. And I voice Frenzy in Earthspark, which is – Frenzy's my baby. I feel like all my characters are my babies, but especially Frenzy. That is – I, I have a bit of a goblin streak and a little bit of a gremlin streak. And it's not very often that I get to play characters that I feel represent kind of who I am a little bit. Not even who I am, but like how I like to express myself, which is through comic mischief that is rated E for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You know? It's definitely yeah. the character for it then. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I've always been a little bit mischievous. So yeah, that character is a fit for me. And you know, I am also, uh, I am uh, from Brooklyn, New York, originally. I was raised in Coney Island in a beautiful mixed Afro-Puerto Rican family. And that that was it. And uh, my uncle's super into Transformers. And I don't know what his reaction was to me getting this role. So we'll figure that out <laughs> later. Um, that? Yeah. Oh, he had the comics. I remember my uncle had the comics. Nice. And he, he collected like a whole bunch of them and he had them like in a box somewhere. He's like, hey, you want to read these? I was like, yeah, sure. So um, my my family is very into Transformers. At least I know my uncle is. He was really into it to the point where he was collecting comics when he was younger. So, so I feel yeah. like that might answer our second question. Is that what brought you into the world of Transformers? Honestly, yeah. I feel like once I read the IDW comics, I actually, what really got me into Transformers was what really like gripped me. Cause I've always had respect for the franchise and I would always like read stuff was Megatron's backstory. Megatron's backstory in the IDW comics is really like intense really good. because you always tend to think of the whole Autobot and Decepticon war is very black and white. These are the bad guys. These are the good guys. What we don't really realize is that Megatron was radicalized by Cybertron and how things were run there, you know? Um, He's not just some random bad guy. He was a Cybertronian that got radicalized because of the way certain things on Cybertron were run. And then he ended up just doing what he felt was necessary and right to 
kind of right those perceived wrongs, even if he did it in an absolutely terrible way. And I feel like the IDW stuff added a lot of nuance and depth to it in a way that I never really picked up on in previous incarnations to that. But also, I I really love how dense the lore is for Transformers in general. I think a lot of people tend to kind of just write it off as like, this is a franchise to sell toys, you know, but that's, that, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. You know, it, it, it's something with a soul to it that has lasted several decades. There's so much soul behind the, the Transformers franchise and to be a part of it was something I know I did not take lightly, especially being the voice of a cassette. That is decades worth of lore people love the cassettes and mm. when i i remember when i when i booked the part i didn't i didn't necessarily jump for joy so to speak like i wasn't like jumping up and down and like oh my god but i took it with a sense of reverence because i understood how much the cassettes mean to people and i understood how much that whole part means to people you know so i looked at it with reverence more than I did excitement, although I was very excited. Um, but yeah, I feel like the comics were my kind of my gateway into the franchise, appreciating it from a fan standpoint, probably more than the other media. Although I do really like animated. I watch G1 pretty often. So I'll watch G1 animated. Um, some of the anime series are pretty good. So it's, it's a lot. You know, there's so much to go by. Right. And it's so great. Yes. Oh, part. the comics are fantastic. I yeah. I've been telling everyone to read the IDW comics because they go into <laughs> so much more depth and so much more emotion for all these characters, and they actually can take like obscure characters and give them characterizations. Like they oh, can definitely. give them like a personality, not just a stand-in in the background. Oh yeah. Yes, they're 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 fantastic. Yeah. I definitely think they're def they're some of the best comics I've ever read. And I read a lot of comics, so I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you we talked about the frenzy and the cassettes and how you you know, you really love that role and how you didn't just get excited just to play a new another character, but more it was like, you know, connected to you. Uh, what is your stance with Frenzy being purple in the middle ground between, you know, the debate of Frenzy is red, Rumble is blue, or vice versa? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Honestly, I, I didn't see the design until after it kind of did what it did. But purple's my favorite color. That's why my whole booth right is on. purple. Like, purple is <laughs> my specific favorite color. It has been since I was a very little girl. I've loved purple as a color. And because uh, it has a lot of versatility to it. So I think I think it's hilarious. actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love the fact that Frenzy's purple because I love purple as a color so much that it kind of navigates my design Bible for every time I move to a new place. It's like, how do I fit this in somewhere? Like my couch is purple, you know, so <laughs> I, I felt awesome. very blessed to have that. You know, I think it's really great to have a color I resonate with so much be the color of one of my characters. But with the whole debate, I mean, hey, <laughs> you got to meet people halfway. Is what <laughs> and that's why they're <laughs> <laughs> subverted. <laughs> Expectations subverted. 
beautiful. Yeah. Somewhat related. What is something you would like to happen with your character in Earth Spark? Oh, don't get me started. No. No. Oh, please, do. please do start. <laughs> do you have some insight on what, what happened for. to Robo? We know, we know <laughs> yes. what the answer to that question is. You know. I'm not answering that. Well, for the <laughs> listeners who don't know the answer. <laughs> I know the answer, and I think the fan base knows the answer, but I'm not going to say it out loud because it's my job. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> man, just feels like, you ever just feel like something's kind of missing? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> just, it's not, it's something that I just, closure, man, closure. <laughs> I want closure. I That's know. my answer. Yeah, I want closure. That's it. There we go. That's, right. That's, right. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> Uh, we know that you've worked remote for this role, uh, yeah. but do you have any favorite cast member that you worked with and on the show or like interaction between the, your characters that you like? Zeno and I have been friends before I got cast in this part. So Zeno Robinson. Yeah, we were already friends before we got cast in the role and the roles on the show. So I was very happy to succeed alongside my friend. And when I moved to L.A., my goal was to create art and tell stories with the people I love most. And Zeno is up there as one of the best people you could work with. He's a very generous actor. He's very, very uh, sweet. I love Zeno to death. Zeno is just a wonderful person, very hardworking actor, very good at just living in the part. He is very attuned to his craft in such a way that I I love Zeno. I love Zeno so much. Yeah. I really I love the I love the energy he brings to Thrash. And he's so, perfect so for the good. character. <laughs> um, but also I met Benny at TFCon. It was the first time I met Benny. And um, it was really interesting because at TFCon, that was, I think, the first panel in the history of con of the con that the whole panel was uh, people of color and it wasn't a diversity in VO panel. Mm-hmm. It was just, we are literally just the cast of EarthSpark. They just cast it this way. Here we are. And um, I remember that I was in the line to get in. Like, you kind of have to be at the side and then, you know, people let you go in once everyone's seated so that you don't cause like a riot or whatever. That's usually the deal with conventions, which we'll get to in a second. And uh, she put her hair next to my hair because I'm specifically, like I'm mixed race. I am uh, black, white, and Native American. So uh, (laughs) like you can probably tell I have my webcam on, like my hair is like really tightly curly. Um, so she put her hair next to my hair. She's like, we in it. And I was like, ah. <laughs> and I was like, yes, we are. Nice. So, you know, it was really cool. Like, I am ethnically Latina, but racially, I'm those three things specifically. So it was just really cool to kind of like, you know, be on a panel and not have to talk about, I guess, serious issues pertaining to our our career because of the fact that we're people of color but we could just talk about the show and mm-hmm. that was something i've i've literally never experienced before in my entire life it usually ends up becoming a conversation about it um but we've just we were just able to talk about what it was like to be on the show 
and what it was like to be these characters, you know? And that that was something I would never take for granted ever. Such a beautiful experience. It was a great panel too. We had a lot of fun. A lot of good questions. You guys looked like you were having fun up there. It was wonderful. Yeah, we definitely were. We had such a good time. And I remember I got like a whole bunch of stuff from Trader Joe's to put into my house. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like the cookie dippers that you dip and everything. And it was just like, I saw Zeno with his handler. I was like, Zeno, you want snacks? (laughs) And then I I just realized I never never went and took those back. So now he just has like a whole thing of cookie dippers. (laughs) It's, so, it's something for the memory you always have <laughs> they're there you know but yeah i man that's great it's just great to to be with a cast that is so full of positive energy and wonderful people and to be in on the stage with these people who i love and adore as actors and as human beings and to share a stage with them is just wonderful. And yeah, especially Zeno, I can talk about Zeno forever, but yeah, absolutely. All of my castmates have been wonderful. They are wonderful. Uh, we just actually just got done with a Q&A with Benny and they are fantastic. She's she's so sweet. She's so wonderful. I love her. She's so kind. Yes. Oh, we so had uh, We had a blast. We could have Absolutely. kept talking for hours. Oh, yeah. Kept <laughs> going, kept going on oh, yeah. She has that kind of personality where you could just talk about anything for forever. And she's just so full of life and full of love for people. And I saw her in the Lackadaisy pilot. She was so yes. good. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yes. incredible. She just disappeared into that. And it's so <laughs> crazy because Dot is such a different character from oh, how yeah. she just is. And then you see her in Lackadaisy and you're like, oh God, you're always so tough. <laughs> but then you meet her and she's the sweetest person on the planet. And it's like, this is such a stark contrast from the role that you play, which like, no, duh, we're actors. We're supposed to like play the roles of other people and live other lives in different circumstances that are going to shape how we perform things and get into character like that. But it's like, Wow, that was just wow. <laughs> Total whiplash of perception from the character and the person. And she's so oh, I love Benny. Benny's the best. <laughs> Benny, Benny's us, lovely. I'm gonna bring us back on track here to our yes, next please. question. Who is your favorite Transformers character and why? Ah, oh, don't do that. <laughs> you can have multiple. You can have multiple. Don't do that. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Hold on. Um Starscream is interesting to me from a psychological standpoint, because when I was growing up, I was severely bullied, right? But I wasn't bullied by the people who were the most popular kids in school. And if you're a fan of Nicktoons from like back in the day, if you were to like watch a lot of cartoons, there's there's a good show called As Told by Ginger. Yes. And the most popular girl in school is actually the sweetest person on the planet. She's just kind of spoiled and doesn't really know how the other half lives. But she's at most ignorant, but never malicious. And she's like ridiculously kind. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely the case with any power structure or people in a group ever. It's never the people at the top. Mm -hmm. It's always the people that are just below that, that are willing to do whatever it takes to get the approval of the people at the very top. And that's why right. I find Starscream so interesting psychologically from a psychological character standpoint, because I always gravitate towards bad guys 
that are just below where they want to be to see what they would do to get there. You know, I feel like that's really interesting. Plus the whole thing with him constantly, like trying to get on Megatron, Megatron just keeps him around. I'm like, why do you do that? This dude would like assassinate you yesterday. Like, why? Why are you keeping him there? <laughs> um, but yeah, I I've always him. gravitated towards that. Windblade's pretty cool. Um, pretty I also cool. I but I love Frenzy. I love my baby most of all. My baby is my baby, <laughs> especially because they let me do what I wanted, and that's something that I didn't expect to happen for a franchise this big. Because you know you have like your touchstones for certain characters, right? Like certain characters have t- certain touchstones to them, right? And I figured they'd be like, he's got uh, friends, he's got to be here, here, and here. They were just like, just, just do what you want to do. And I was given a lot of freedom, and that's pretty awesome, you know. Just to say. I have this theory that, mm-hmm. well, first let me ask you, do you like the character Loki? I think Loki's pretty interesting as a character, yeah. So my theory is most people who like Starscream also like Loki and vice yeah. versa. Okay, okay. That's, yeah, that was my I, theory, I, that's all. Because they're kind of similar. <laughs> okay. Kind of similar. You're not incorrect. That's a good theory to have. What is your favorite thing about being in the Transformers fan base? Being able to navigate the space as someone that really loves the fan base and is a member of it, and also being a part of people's memories from when they get into this franchise from Earth Spark forward, definitely. And being That's able to kind of toe that line a little bit as someone that does love the franchise and appreciates the soul of the franchise very much to someone that is creating a legacy within it for future generations to enjoy. I think that's something like that's a special kind of power to have. And, you know, I am by no means a perfect human being, but at the end of the day, I understand that you really have to understand the love people have for this franchise and understand that there's certain values, I think, too, that as someone that's a part of something like this, you kind of have to uphold, you know? The idea that freedom is the right of all sentient beings, even if you are playing a Decepticon. Mm -hmm. Because that's the core conflict, right? You got to understand the core conflict, which is that freedom is the right of all sentient beings, you know? Understanding that these fans come from all walks of life with different lived experiences that will be entirely different from my own. I mean... I'm a mixed race woman of color from a lower middle class background in Brooklyn, New York, you know, that's going to be very different from every Transformers fan. Like there's diversity within lived experiences in the franchise fan base and learning to not necessarily listen to, to understand, but to be more empathetic to other people who may be different and maybe don't have the same experiences you've had growing up. I think that is a value that is tantamount to being a part of this franchise is to really understand that this appeals to so many different kinds of people that you should go to bat for when people are experiencing systematic oppression and things like that. You should go to bat for people when you understand that 
they're going through something you will never go through. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of empathy that some people kind of take it as like a role is a role. And I'm like, well, no, a role is a responsibility. It's a responsibility to be a better person than I was yesterday, a responsibility to never stop learning and growing and a responsibility to understand myself in relation to the world around me. No role is just a role to me. Every role is a responsibility and it's a responsibility to create a better world for people to live in because freedom is the right of all sentient beings. We were talking with Benny and Benny said that this Earthspark is going to be G1 for a new generation. And yeah. Earthspark is also bringing that that message with it of respecting each other and because we get all the Terrans and all the kids and all they're all finding each other and they're learning of the past of what the the Cybertronian race has done before and that they're they're learning that so that they don't commit the same mistakes in the, for the future for for this new generation and all that and I think that's a very good message that Earthberg is bringing to to the kids and like it's all about exploration and learning from your mistakes and kind of finding your true self. Oh, absolutely. I really love that. And that the methods that we used previously are not going to be the same that we need to use for the modern day. Oh, yeah. I mean, just look at Megatron and Dot's friendship. When you really, if you look at it from the viewpoint of the IDW comics and why and how he became Megatron, then it stands to reason that he would find a similar lived experience in someone like Dot, who (laughs) is a Black woman who is disabled and a veteran. She is a warrior. They have a lot more in common than... I would say many other people and specifically Megatron, I feel like that friendship is so beautiful to me because Mm -hmm. if you're coming in with the IDW understanding of who he is and where he came from, not only does that friendship make certain kinds of sense, but I also feel like that friendship is a show of like cross Terran Earth Terran, Earthborn Terran, um, human and Cybertronian solidarity. Mm-hmm. That's actually really profound, extremely profound. And I think that's one of the most beautiful parts of Earth Spark is that Megatron is having to become a better being with time and answer for the mistakes of his past. But he is able to do that through the bonds that he creates with humanity and empathizing and i feel like that's why the whole friendship between him and dot is so precious to me yeah and we see that in the series a little bit too where he still doesn't lose the value that other races shouldn't like put others down or put them in a way that they're jailed like what happened with frenzy laser beak and ravage when they're getting you know forced into their other alt mode he was like this is inhumane like that was very important to his character arc and how he's developing and whatnot so tiana what is something no one knows about you that you wish more people did know that is a great question and i thought about it for quite some time i feel like for me i tend to be a little bit of an open book how i present myself on twitter is me as my current incarnation my current self with all the lived experiences I've had and all the little bits and ways that I've educated myself you know so I feel like 
there's very little people don't know about me if they don't go through my Twitter and they, you know, they see my likes and everything. I'm, I don't hire anyone to manage my social media. I kind of just do everything myself. But one of the things I wish people knew about me was how much I love people and how much I love learning about the ways other people are, the ways other people live. Because keep in mind, like, being from where I'm from, there is a lot of diversity and culture and languages and all this. And you get exposed to all of that. But, you know, that's a different lived experience than someone who lived in a rural area or who lived in a place where there was no public transportation, you know, things like that. And I love connecting with people. So with that in mind, I do want to state that I don't really have any conventions booked up for the rest of the year. And I don't have any conventions uh, really lined up. I feel like um, the last one I did was anime triad for the year. <clears throat> so um, there's really nothing else. And I do love connecting with people and I do love meeting people, especially fans of my work. So since I don't have anything for 2023, please request me for cons so that I can meet you and talk to you all and learn how much you love this franchise and learn about, you know, things about you and connect with people who are fans of me. It's also very interesting, too, because I feel like every time I do a con, people are intimidated and they, they're afraid to come up to me. You don't have to feel that way. I'm very... I'm kind of a boring person. I just have a cool job. Like, that's it. Come up, say hi. <laughs> Saying hello to me is free. That's totally fine, you know? But yeah, I I just feel like I have a lot more life left to live. And I guess by going to new places and meeting new people through cons, that would be an excellent experience for me. Yeah. Do you have any uh, projects you are working on at the moment that you're you're allowed to talk about? Yes. I do, actually. So the Ruby X Justice League movie is releasing some clips, and I am present in those clips because I am the new voice of Glinda Goodwitch in Ruby. So Ooh, nice. Ooh, nice. Yeah. I've been in the voice of Glinda Goodwitch since Ice Queendom, and this is the second production to be released that has my voice in it. And um, man, that audition, that was a story and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I didn't realize that it was over an hour late, saw the Dropbox was open, sent it in anyway, and then it turns out, oh, I'm in Ruby now. So um, here's a little life lesson for you. Uh, follow your dreams, even if <laughs> technically. It's like, live live within the means of the technicalities, technicality, so to speak. Have fun with those and just do that. But yeah, I'm in Ruby I, uh, and uh, the Justice League movie has clips of me as Glinda. If you want to see those, it looks like it's going to just be a really fun little popcorn flick. You know, you just get some popcorn, and keep it going. And I really love the performances in it. True Valentino is really great in it. Uh, Jeannie Tirado is excellent. It's got some really good performances and I feel like people should just check it out because from a performance standpoint, it's really, really great. And that is something that I'm in that I can talk about because um, I was released from NDA actually from it last year because uh, the Hollywood Reporter put out an article with my name in it. So we're, mm -hmm. we can talk about that. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Nice. Always yeah. want to stay in the safe side. Always. Uh, yeah. You always want to be super vigilant. Rule of thumb is, even if the role is out, ask your agent for permission to announce it because you may not always know. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. Shall we move on to the 
the section where you ask us any questions? I would like to know something very important. Uh oh, I didn't do it. <laughs> no, 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 it's you okay. heard, it's okay. I didn't do it. <laughs> and this is something that I ask myself all the time because, you know, I feel like I have a couple of regrets in terms of like pursuing the things that I love and spending time doing things that didn't resonate or sit well with my spirit or being in jobs I didn't want to be in, you know, just, just doing stuff that I felt like wasn't aligned with what I wanted out of life. So what I want to ask you guys is what do you want to do with your lives and what steps are you going to take to get there? That's a deep question. Kilo, you want to go first? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I wasn't expecting such a deep question. I I just want to see my sparklings grow and instruct them in the ways that'll propel them forward for success, and but also uh, teach them to be cautious of the world because not everybody has uh, good intent uh, but that that's my my goal right now is to provide them all the tools they need for for success and to have a happy life that's beautiful thank that's you great. <laughs> mine would probably be to become the adult that i needed when i was growing up beautiful. Uh, and that's what i always wanted to do and that's kind of my motto everyone tries to ask me why i'm so relaxed and chill that's usually the reason behind it. Oh yeah, that's beautiful. I'm I'm like that too. I'm on a quest to figure out who I needed to be, um, or who I rather needed when I was younger, mm -hmm. and figuring that out for myself too. There's a very good movie about that. I feel more people should watch. I saw it recently in theaters. Suzume is actually very much about being who you needed when you were younger, and I highly recommend that you see it it's a beautiful film um i saw it in dub and it was a really good dub too but you know if you have it in theaters and it's subtitled go watch it i am not in it i just feel like it's a <laughs> it's a film that resonates with what you want to do that i feel would be a great thing for you to watch excellent yeah Are there any other questions or is that the only one not that there's anything wrong with that that was a very hard one by the way Thank I don't you. think we've ever been asked a difficult question like that one. Can I give Never. people <laughs> advice that are listening to this? Absolutely. Yes, you can. If there's something you want to do with your life, and it's something you've wanted to do since you were a kid, and that desire has never left you, just do it. Don't waste your time with people telling you that you can't do things. Don't listen to people who have never accomplished anything tell you that you can't do it. Don't spend time with people that are robbing you of the time you need to put into yourself. Invest in yourself and invest in the things you want to do with your life. And don't let anyone make you feel guilty for choosing yourself over whatever perception they had of you that lives rent-free in their head that you think you should be for whoever. Do you, be you, Pursue what you want and all that time you spend investing in people's beliefs about what you are and what you can accomplish, so much good will happen for you. Absolutely. That's very good. Thank you. 
with that, that brings us to the end of our Q&A. And I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you having, uh, having, wow, words are hard today, having you on the podcast. Where can listeners find you? I am usually on Twitter all the time. I am chronically online on Twitter. And my (laughs) Twitter handle is at Tiana Camacho, V as in Victor, O as in octopus. That's at Tiana Camacho, V-O. I do have an Instagram that I'm never on because Instagram's UI does not lend itself well for communicating with other people. That's, Um, That's fair, yep. 100%. Although you can post pictures and casting announcements. It just feels weird. I kind of prefer to be on Twitter because I like connecting with people and talking with people um, and doing little Q&As about fun stuff. Like, what do you make your sandwiches on? I make mine on a paper <laughs> towel. And I was just like, is that weird? I should ask Twitter. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, I really feel like that is my personal thing. Like that Perfect. that's where you're gonna see me the most is on Twitter. And again, if you have any conventions that uh you would like me to go to, um, because I have a very, very quiet year of cons, request me over Twitter. Every so often I'll do a Twitter thread about like, hey, what cons do you want to see me at? Just tag the convention under the post, they'll see it. And uh who knows? We're kind of like vampires. We gotta be invited to the convention. <laughs> like kind of like that but you know excellent and we'll make sure we put all your links below uh, so people can find you easier and again thank you so much for being here it's been a thank blast you for having me this was lovely thank you thank you so much and as always listeners we hope you're all staying safe out there and thank you so much for listening to all are one to all are one to all are one